So, welcome back. Not to Imani Talks Astrology, but to a similar podcast by a different name, hosted by the same exact person, and that is this very long name that you see now, which is A Movement Worker's Guide to Astrology. It's Taurus season. As I have said multiple times right now, this new moon, this time that we're in right now collectively is a values realignment. Uranus has come through and flipped all of our values upside down or has shown the chaos that emerges and ensues because of the values that we have and we're being asked to realign our values to make sure that they're in alignment with the direction that we're heading in. That being said, it felt really important Uh, I have a microphone now. I'm not recording into the microphone right now because I've completely scrapped the intro so that I could do another intro. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I just had to. Like, it just felt really robotic and I think I was really afraid. Um, And it isn't until now when I'm like uploading the artwork. It is the new moon. I feel this surge of like energy and excitement about the thing that I'm like, This is where and when I'm going to create this super organic, real intro. This will be the last time I'm recording directly into my phone, but it's important. So what is this values realignment and what is this direction that we're going into? I think it's important to talk about what even led me to this journey, why this work is so important to me and why it intersects with my political and social framework that I use in the world as well. Well, one, I come from people who do not separate the spiritual from the everyday. There is an understanding that the political, social, emotional, mental are all connected to one another. So it only makes sense that they are in alignment and all have the same set of core values that each of those individual frameworks emerges from, right? What led me to this journey was at the beginning of Neptune entering Pisces, in which we were experiencing collectively the reality of, for not even just for the first time, but many times, um, of blackness and what it means to be black, what it means to be a young black person um, in the United States. And that was the murder of Trayvon Martin. It was a moment that catalyzed and pulled me out of a structured reality that my parents had created for me to keep me safe. I think that's something that anyone who lives in a marginalized community or has parents that have social awareness um, are used to is feeling like, wow, like the world as I thought it was is not what it is at all. It's very, um, it's that 
moving from the innocent to the orphan. Um, it's the fall uh, that um, Carol Pearson talks about in The Hero Inside, which I definitely would encourage you, or The Hero Within, which I would definitely encourage you all to read. <clears throat> not a ter- perfect text by any means, right? Um, this is not the time to analyze this text, but okay. Um and so that led to an unraveling of self and then the subsequent desire to then put self back together. And that opened up a door for an empathy and an understanding and a understanding and a clarity of sight and vision of the world in a way that couldn't have existed before because it was unsafe to my parents. It was unsafe to their parents, it was unsafe to their parents. It was all about protection. But having the power at this time to say, no, I will not just move in a direction to keep me safe or what I perceive to be safety. I'm moving in a direction that is freeing and is healing. And astrology has really helped me find that. And it's been such a mirror uh, for who I am and for the world and puts in perspective a way that we use these complex systems created, well, by the creator that we've then interpreted in this really kind of like simple but even jargony way uh, that captures that complexity in a way that we can understand, right? In the Europe tra- tradition, uh, all of the different pieces of nature are characterized or, or given personalities um, because there is no other way for us as humans to conceptualize these really big, amazing things. Like, we don't even really understand the ocean, we don't really understand animals. We don't really understand the weather. We don't really understand fucking anything, right? But to the cer- to a certain extent, we can understand people because we are people, right? And so being able to look at it and examine things through that framework, assigning words and meaning um, to these really big things like planets, which we also don't understand because they're in space and we don't fucking understand anything about space, right? So it's being able to see that there are so many different ways to do that. And while memes are fun, and I definitely enjoy that, and I definitely enjoy using astrology to, you know, poke fun at people and all of those other things, it's become a tool that's allowed me to see how I can be more authentically myself and how that impacts how I am received, how I'm receiving the world, and the things that I put out and create and shift and change and make possible in the world as well. And that's exactly why this name change has felt so important. So this is episode 51, but it's also just episode one. This is a reintroduction. This is solidifying a direction that has been emerging since the first day that I published the podcast two years ago, almost two years ago, cancer season, um, June 25th will be the two year anniversary of, well, recording a podcast, but this is something new. So today, I guess we're 
solidifying a brand new chapter and reemergence of something that has been built. I would say since this is Taurus season, we have been emerging from the soil uh, leading up to episode 50. Um, And now we have broke through the soil and we are starting to grow um, into a seedling and into a tree. For that reason, so many people I want to bring onto this platform to share their beautiful words, their beautiful guidance and perspective that is, again, in alignment with movement work, that is in alignment with principles that center radical healing, um, transformative justice, healing justice, all of these, you know, big embodiment, right? These, these words that like are thrown around, but have meaning. And I hope that the content of this podcast brings what those things mean to life for you. And it makes astrology, not only just something fun, but something that is really transformative and can serve as a tool for us to get in right relationship with each other, get in right relationship with the earth, um, really honor and embody the things that we believe are truly necessary in this world. The focus of this podcast, as you will see through the artwork, is evolving our self-awareness, authentic self-expression, creating and maintaining conscious relationships, as well as collective healing and liberation. These are the guiding principles of this podcast. And I ask you to hold me accountable to those four guiding principles every week. I will work hard to ensure that those are embodied and come through in each week. Um, This is a kind of like a test run this first month since I'm changing up the structure. We are going back to weekly. Um, We'll see how long that happens for. Um, I know that things happen in my life, happen in you know, in the world, <laughs> but change that and make it a little bit difficult. And I'll work my hardest to ensure that there's some sort of system or structure in place in case that does happen. We're changing the structure to move with the lunation cycles. So this episode, we're going to start by talking about today, which is April 22nd, all the way up till April 30th. The day in which the podcast is released will vary for that reason. So it will likely be next Thursday um, or Wednesday that you receive your next podcast episode for the following week. Um, And then, yeah. So this first week, we're going to be covering the new moon until the first quarter moon. And then the following week will be the first quarter moon until the full moon. And then we're going to do the full moon into the last quarter moon. And then the last quarter moon into the new moon. So the last of the sequences of this will be that transition period from one season to another. Um, And so there will be no like Taurus season episode. It will be an ongoing conversation about Taurus season because it is an evolving cyclical journey and phase that we're going through so that's going to be the way that we frame each episode okay um i it does not um 
what you'll see is like there are lots of things that I forgot to talk about during the podcast. I'm going to definitely do a better job of like taking my notes beforehand so I don't forget. So much happens during the week that I'm just like, oh, this is important. This is important. And I just kind of forget in the moment, even though typically those things come through anyway. Um, But again, I'll add that layer of intentionality in the way that I do that. All right. Cool. Thank you for taking this ride. I hope you're excited for this next chapter. This is a values alignment. So if you find that this is not the way that you want to learn about astrology, this is not something you're with, that's fine. I invite you to find a different way to hear and learn and experience astrology. Um, And that's okay. There's no... There's no hard feelings here. There are lots of great astrologers out there. Alrighty, I'm done ranting and rambling. I hope you enjoy this episode. And yeah, thank you. Hey there, you're listening to the Movement Workers Guide to Astrology to help support the production of this podcast and its creator, yours truly. I invite you to make a sustaining donation to my PayPal or book a reading. All proceeds go towards equipment, software, and an occasional workshop to enhance your listening experience. All of that information can be found in the description box. Thanks for listening. He he he. Okay, we're back. That was annoying. Oh my gosh. So we're going to start again. We're talking about the new moon to the first quarter moon cycle. So we're going to start by talking about April 22nd, which is our new moon. So this is basically relevant for the week, but also beyond that, as it builds the greater story arc for what will be happening during, during Taurus season. And as that transitions into Gemini season, I wanted to start by reading Yes, here I go again reading um, from The Lunation Cycle by Dane Rudyard um, to put in perspective what we can expect moving from the new moon to the first quarter moon cycle. So this is going to kind of ground what is important to take from or to understand what is unfolding. See, the thing about when you're learning astrology, one of the main things that people will tell you to do, and I would encourage you to do, is to follow the moon. Because the moon is going to tell you how you're feeling. There are certain moons that are going to work really well for you. You can kind of, unfortunately, predict how people act around certain moon cycles. Like People are always fucking angry when the moon is in Aries. And we just saw what's happened the last couple of days with people now protesting um, this quarantine. We'll get there. We will we will get there. Um, (laughs) so following the moon is a really, is really good and it helps you to understand cycles and it helps to put in perspective how things are developing, shifting and changing for you. And it, it makes it easier to pick up on patterns and things that are unfolding in your life. I'll give this one quick example before I read. So for me, I recently realized, so the full moon before Aries season is always really intense for me because it's my lunar return and it's a full moon. So Pisces season, we always have a full moon in Virgo. What that then means is that in the next moon cycle, so during Aries or during the next time that the moon is in Virgo, 
in Aries season, it's going to be a waxing gibbous. So each season, the moon is moving back in the cycle, if that makes sense. So if a moon is, again, we'll use this example of Virgo, is full in Pisces season, it's going to be a gibbous moon in... um airy season is going to be somewhere between the gibbous and the first quarter moon cycle in Taurus season is going to be the quarter moon cycle in Gemini season then it's going to start to move into the waxing crescent in the next season and so on and so forth right and so tracking that will give you a great idea of how a particular story arc an area of your life is playing out for you emotionally and how that's impacting your ability to do or move in the direction of the asks of the sun right each month when the sun is in a different sign it's asking us to do something and the way that the moon is moving so our emotional body and our emotional awareness is putting in perspective how easy, hard, or difficult some of the obstacles and things that might be in our way emotionally that we're working through and dealing with that are impacting the development or the way that we're working towards, which is our sun. Okay. So to read new to new moon to first quarter, this is a period of instinctive, youthful, essentially unconscious and irrepressible activity. What consciousness there is, is essentially subjective with a tendency not to distinguish accurately between inner wishes, dreams, or feelings, and the actual realities of the external world. This is very shady and we'll get there. The person born during such a period of the lunation will seek above all to discover what he himself is, which means at this level of personal experience, how far he can expand by releasing his vital energies and at their core, the tone or solar power, which is compelling the formation of new organic structures and new psychic faculties. Impulsiveness and spontaneity are characteristics of this period, but also in a negative sense, confusion of values and a lack of rhythmic balance in releasing the tidal flow of vitality, physiological and psychological. This is the crescent phase of the waxing moon and it ends with the moon and the sun and the sun are 45 degrees apart. This occurs during the fourth day of the lunation cycle. As the moon's motion averages about 13 and a half degrees per day, and the sun also advances about one degree per day. The the semi-quarter phase thus takes place when the moon is just over 48 degrees away from the zodiacal position of the new moon. At this point, a state of tension of a more or less acute character begins to appear. The momentum of the sol- solely lunar will, so basically the combination of the will related to the sun self and the moon self, right, to expansion is stronger than ever in the sense that it operates better organized biophysiological, it, through better organized biophysiological or lunar instrumentalities. But the resistance of the outer world against it increases even more sharply and the activity born of the solely lunar contact at the new moon finds itself checked by other activities. So what we'll see and what happens, and this is why lots of astrologers will tell you not to do your new moon rituals until a couple of days later, because lots of times the 
actual blockages and things that we're trying to work our way out of that will make it difficult to manifest those things become very apparent within the following days, right? And so as we look at this thing evolving, it gives you a better idea of, oh, okay, so in addition to this particular intention, I also need to set this intention because it fortifies or serves as additional grounds and additional clarity as to what I need to be able to get this thing, right? This is why lots of times when you, if when I've done my new moon rituals, I don't ever really pay attention to them, um, to what I've written down, but I can imagine that if I went back in and saw what kind of unfolded, most of those things have happened over years rather than over months. So basically, if you're following and working with the moon cycle, you should be able to identify and work through blockages. And again, this will vary from person to person because the things that we're working through individually are like have varying degrees of like um, intensity <laughs> in terms of what we're being asked to let go of or, or work through or how we can get to what it is that we want. But that's why paying attention and looking to the overall cycle and the things that are happening in between the full, the new and full moon um, over a long period of time are going to put in perspective the story arc so that you can glean the information that you need to develop. This begins a process of transformation in the lunar structures. And from then on, objective awareness develops in earnest. The new meets the old on the basis of struggle of wills. And out of the struggle, which may be a clash, emotions, complexes, and physiological deviations develop. Generic life finds increasing itself increasingly modified by an individual type of accentuation. Individualization begins. It increases until the first quarter phase is reached. So there becomes this awareness of who you are in relationship to what you're asking and the direction that you're seeking to develop in that becomes very apparent as we approach the first quarter moon. And once we reach the part of the first quarter moon onto the full moon, it then becomes about a process of understanding yourself in relationship to other things and people outside of you. And when we get to the full moon, that's when you're asked to change, right? That's when you're asked to release, right? And so, you know, if, if you've had a reading with me, this is something that we talk about often when I talk about what quadrant particular planets are in your chart, it puts in perspective where you are in that cycle. Since we still, we also see that cyclical relationship and progression also evident in the birth chart in a number of different ways outside of the lunation cycle as well. So our new moon um, is in Taurus at three degrees, 24 minutes. It is an interesting one um, to say the least. It is, has a lot of really intense aspects that are going to get increasingly more intense um, as the week goes on. And to put things in perspective for you all, this is definitely going to be a pretty rough week where we can expect a lot of things to happen and unravel and unfold leading into the end of the month. 
What I find very ironic with the timing of this is that lots of states are ending their mandatory quarantine at the end of the month. Many of them have not extended it into the month of May, or we will start to see if that happens over the next couple of days. Um, since the full moon in Aries, there has just been this really aggro energy that's just been kind of building. And I think we're starting to see resistance and um, impatience and upset collectively and start lots of those kind of wounds starting to bubble to the surface. I think one thing that I noticed um, since it is tourist season, it seems like if there's a, and I don't say this to scare people, but I say this to be very realistic. If there's a season to go backwards um, and not backwards in a back to normal way, but in a harmful way, it's tourist season. Um, and I say that because of one aspect in particular that we will experience a lot of during this season, which is the trine. Now, I know what you're thinking. A trine, it's good. It's a positive aspect. It indicates flow. It indicates ease. What I always tell people is that trines, while they are objectively a positive um, aspect, trines open the door. It, you know, think about things that flow. You know, water flows, uh, sewage also flows. Um, there are lots of things that flow, right? Something flowing doesn't necessarily mean that it is positive. And so I always tell folks, if you have lots of trines in your chart, it's very difficult because there's not an incentive to change. It's not a square. It's not an opposition. It's not a sextile. So it doesn't require that you have to change or shift or make any type of effort. It's something that naturally happens unless you choose against it, right? And so for a lot of people, what you'll see around you collectively and what you'll experience yourself is that there are certain things and habits that you'll want to hold on to um, that just are not what you need to hold on to at this time, especially as we're being asked what we're willing to kind of shift um, in our understanding of our way that we occupy the world in a material way. And it ultimately is a really big values check and a really big values alignment. Right now, people are screaming their values to you. Um, and unfortunately, we have to really pay attention to what the collective um, narrative is around values at this time because it paints a very vivid picture of the direction that we're going into to put in perspective what this uranus energy is like to me so i uranus is the collective mind it is the hive mind it is in a sense the collective brain. And while there are lots of different subsets of thought and different communities in that, when we're looking at our country as a whole and experiencing our collective brain, we can see that there's a lot of shit that's kind of going on, right? And so in a way, 
let me see if I can kind of gather the these notes. So this collective brain has a particular set of value systems uh, that are all centered around material gain, right? Taurus is all of the, um, it's the material things that we find you that we find value in so like our income our physical home um our family members so people that we find to be valuable people that we can objectify put a pin in that um objects 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 um are things that we find when we're looking at Taurus money is an object so all of those different things and so when we look at having a value system that's centered around all of those um, varying pieces what we'll have to do is take a very um, omniscient view which will be very difficult to do I think this will be a time in which everyone's stubbornness is just going to be really apparent and everyone is trying to like no, these are the values. This is what we should care about. And this is what we should be doing. You should be spending your money this way. You should be doing this. You should be talking to these people. You should be, I should be able to do this. You know, it's a very like, uh, again, going back to that collective eye, the eye wound <laughs> is out, right? Um, you have to remember that the 12th house of, of uh, Taurus is Aries. So there is this, the stubbornness and the, um, the kind of like unshakable, unmovable um, kind of attitude and energy that we're all unconsciously embodying right now is centered around defending our individuality. And so there is a need to really kind of look at again this collective brain and I definitely would say it would you this will become very apparent over the next coming week to see what ways we're still holding on to value systems that are related to this old paradigm where objects are valued before people before lives and before what matters that's that's all we're really kind of fighting right now um and so we we the really important thing with Uranus um, is it's about is it also has its relationship to brotherhood. And when we talk about the kind of it being like the brain, right? The brain is the center of the central nervous system, right? But there are lots of different neurons and different synapses and all these other pieces of the nervous system that allow that brain to function and so it's being able to tap into that awareness that beyond the overall thought that's there there are individual people behind that and so being able to this is why the individuation process that Rudyard is talking about is incredibly important over the next couple of days or the next week because you'll have to then realize where it's like these people think like this and I don't like that people do that. Um, it's being able to see, okay, I believe this or I connect to this overall brain and value system in this particular way. And so there are a number of different ways that we are guilty of doing that. Um, and not even to say guilty, it's not even about shame um, or what's 
right or wrong, even though, (laughs) you know, that that's something that's definitely being talked about right now. It's really being able to see and examine for yourself, what is it that you're willing to give up? What we'll see, especially as we get to the quarter moon, is that there are lots of things that we don't want to give up because there are things that mean that we have to change or adjust some form of our self-expression to do so. Or there's a certain way that we cannot receive attention um, or be validated or affirmed that we're used to that we'll have to get rid of. There's a lot more air in the sky right now. So when we have lots of air and um, air and earth, it's very big picture, right? This is about the grand scheme of things. And so we're going to be pulled throughout Taurus season to the end. We're going to be pulled back further and further and further away from our individual values so that we can see how they impact the whole. So a lot of the aspects that we're experiencing with Aquarius, um, with Venus in um, Gemini. I think also Venus and Gemini, which we'll talk a bit more about within the coming weeks, is going to be very important because it, it, that is the ruling planet of Taurus. We're having this Venus retrograde during Taurus season. And so there is this awareness that we'll have of the values that we pick and aligned with um, and how they are impacting what we see happening around us um, and realizing that they truly do matter. So with this, um, looking at the chart, so again, there is this conjunction between the sun, the moon and the, and Uranus. So there is this really chaotic need to like really buckle down on what one believes they need for stability even at the expense of other people so when astrology king posted about this he talked a lot about um, frustration anger violence cruelty crime loss and disgrace which does not surprise me Um, especially since we have mars Um, Mars and Saturn, both in Aquarius, um, as well as this very nice, and I say that sarcastically, um, trine between Venus and Mars. So Mars had a conversation with Saturn a while ago, um, about, and that was back on what, the 23rd, so about a month ago, um, about what immediate actions we need to create the future, And I think I said during the Jupiter-Pluto workshop for those who attended is remembering that there's two different agendas to the future right now um, and having to consciously choose which one you're a part of. Um, There's one that's centered around maintaining the dominant culture. Duh. Um, And then there's one that's centered around finding a new way of being, not just for yourself, um, but for communities. And so really tapping into some of the values of your ancestors and values of people that you love and that you're connected to, um, to help formulate 
an idea of what direction you should go into. There is just this overwhelming sense of just like a a lot of short temperedness and not being, not wanting to be told what to do, how to act. Um, And it's like, there is, even though there's, so kind of recognize within yourself where you even feel a bit of stubbornness, where you feel like there's some sort of loss, especially when it comes to like financial loss, loss related to like your house, your home. Um, or objects or things that you have and it can be stuff that's really trivial too where it's like oh I can't watch tv as much as I want to oh that fucking restaurant down the street closed down you know um and being able to kind of realize for yourself in the the grander scheme of things even though this feels like an inconvenience now what are some of the things related to your value system and structures that can ensure the survival or creation of something that continues to meet that need or maybe even meeting a deeper security need that you didn't even know that you had right so like i think the the benny drama um, taurus video is really fucking funny um when all he's talking about is, oh self-care and oh i just I just want to cuddle and i just want to and it's like all of these things that we have and want to do for ourselves being able to name what need that fulfills That's what I love so much about moon and Taurus in people is that it just adds a very like, you know what? I say that I want this because this provides this for me. And even if you talk to Taurians, they're just very, um, most of them, most of them are just very emotionally intelligent um, in when being able to name what it is that they need and what type of security that does provide for them and being able to name, well, that's why I do this thing. Right. And so for yourself being able to see like, okay, I do this thing because of this and what's going to happen, um, over the next couple of days is you're going to be able to see where the obstacles that you're hitting because you choose to do some of these things, right? Now, it's not that all of them have to be given up, but to a certain extent, being able to realize for yourself, again, take an analysis of like, what is your current value system that you have and what things really need to radically shift and change in your day-to-day emotionally in terms of protecting yourself as well as being able to protect a future version of you what things need to shift and change and so this definitely is an energy of like very um being like shocked into or experiencing something that's just that can be a bit um upsetting or trying that really puts in perspective for you how impermanent some of the structures that you use to find security are so that you can find other ones that are going to meet those needs the way you actually need them, right? And so that's why it's important to be able to name like, oh, okay, like this is what's happening for me emotionally or this is why this security need is important so that you can get to the root of like, well, what is the security need and be willing to put a structure in place that's a lot more, um, how do I say, um, actually provides that sense of stability and security that you're seeking. One of the things, thank you, Sanam, for for putting this into perspective for me um, about the Venus trine Mars. So it's about Venus, which is values and embodiment versus productivity and goals. And so this is something that we're going to experience more again once that Venus 
retrograde comes around when we have this realization so like venus and gemini is very like i can be anywhere i can be with anyone i can do anything it's a it's a bit of a tease um right and so it's we may kind of find that our values are a little bit all over the place or we're trying to align with a lot of different values at one time and use those to propel the things that we feel like we need to do on the day to day. So if you're someone who right now is really scrambling or feeling like there's a lot of different things that you feel committed to doing because there's a future vision of what you have for like, you know, what the next couple of months should look like, what next week should look like, whatever it may be, you may find yourself a bit scattered um, and hitting some sort of plateau or kind of like upsetting dramatic shift or change in your day to day. I've already had that moment for me um, that really puts back in perspective for you what's really important to feel security and stability literally a couple of days ago and this goes back to the idea of like productivity and goals and like movement and like going which is mars my car literally just stopped working um and so for me because you know the new moon energy kind of carries in the days before leading up to and and after it varies from person to person right so like for me it was just like a really big thing where i'm like well damn like I'm stuck. I'm stuck right here. Like I can't go. I can't move. And so being able to kind of think about, well, do I really need to do and focus on things that are outside of me right now? No, I don't. I actually don't have any business doing anything that's not related to me at this time um, because I really need to take care of myself in a number of different ways. So since that's important, since there's this radical shift and change in my material objects, items that I possess that provide me with a sense of security, you know, that's how I get to work. That's how I get groceries. That's how I, you know, do a number of different things. What is it that I need to do now for myself to ensure that I'm maintaining a sense of security and stability? Another thing that's going to happen because this week is so fucking busy. Hold on one second. Ah, there we go. On the 23rd, Neptune is going to move into the third deacon of um, <clears throat> of Pisces, which is the Mars deacon. It's ruled by <sighs> Scorpio and Mars. And I've seen it described... Um, well, let me find my notes. So back when I was like really in my like studying astrology bag, I attended this really great workshop. I don't remember the name of, of the astrologer, but it was through Kepler um, in which she broke down all of the deacons. And so for the third deacon of Pisces, the story is or the constellation is Cassiopeia a queen sitting on a throne, clasping in one hand a braid of hair. Um, and so this part or this deacon in, in Pisces is about psychological research, research to prepare one for existence after death. 
So what I really kind of gleaned from this in terms of the, the really large story arc that we have with Neptune and Pluto, it being so much about understanding the how there is no solidity in anything. All things are penetrable. There is no actual barrier between things, between time, between spaces, between anything, right? It's the ether. It's the cosmic womb. It's this awareness of things that we can't see um, or touch, but are there, like spirituality. And so a lot of people have connected um, Neptune in Pisces at this time to a mass spiritual awakening, which I definitely agree with. Um, but it also seems as though specifically in the narrative of American history, the last time Neptune was in Pisces was during the end of slavery. Um, and so it is this opportunity to free ourselves from these illusory boogeymen that we create to place blame, um, and to justify the disgusting and terrible things that we do to each other collectively. And so there definitely is a bit of a kind of a reckoning, final judgment, uh, energy that's associated with it. Um, again, this is the Scorpio deacon. So it is ruled by Mars. And in modern astrology, people would say that it's ruled by Pluto. And the judgment card in the tarot is ruled by Pluto, right? Um, and so there is this really big ask of well, what what are we going to do now? Like now that we have an awareness of how these illusions and delusions that we have about our society or these even like within our media, um, what is it that we will do individually to delve into and, and analyze and dismantle some of these illusions, especially the ones that we hold on to because they feel safe. The thing with the Scorpio energy is that it, it's, it ha it's about letting go, right? And it's learning that a lot of emotional responses, especially things related to trauma, illusions that are created, that have created trauma for us individually and collectively, a really big need to release them and let them go. So releasing illusions that harm or traumatize us create, especially ones that create the distinction between us and our interpersonal relationships. So again, preparing for existence after death. What happens after an illusion disappears? So the thing about ideals, especially ideals that we are working towards and martyring ourselves for is that when they no longer, we fear letting them go because once they're gone, what else is there to believe in and what else is there to idealize or aspire to? It, it allows us to then become in touch with reality, right? And so being able to kind of see for yourself where are the spaces in which you're holding on to illusions that ultimately are traumatizing um, to you um, and what does life after that ends look like? I think it's really great to point out especially now 
I think as we're like thinking about like, well, what the fuck does the future look like? And while so many of us are like, okay, well, we have to go into this direction. There are lots of things that we don't want to let go of or that we're afraid of because we don't know what it looks like to have faith um, or to surrender um, our belief that the individual things that we do matter, the spaces that we occupy, the work that we're doing, um, that it matters and that it's going towards something. And so there is this really big surrender energy and a really big part of surrender is being willing to let go. Very hanged man energy um, as well that we're moving into. To look into the Chandra symbol that's associated with 20 degrees Pisces, I love that I can like look on my computer and talk to y'all at the same time. It's so great. Um, I probably should have had this open, but y'all know I don't prepare for anything. A table set for an evening meal. An indication that in the end and at the appointed time, the individual's needs will be met among those whom he is linked to by a spiritual or biological web of energies. The significant element in this scene is not only the meal, but the fact that it is an evening meal. I just remember reading this, I don't remember when. To use traditional symbolism after a long chain of personal existences, the soul returns to the spiritual home at the close of the day of manifestation. There it finds which renews and amplifies and amply sustains the happiness of the beyond of the beyond of existence, which is what we just talked about, right? Um, is experienced if all has gone well. The last symbol of this sequence promises a satisfying or fulfilling end to whatever one has been undertaking. As the life closes, the soul consciousness finds nourishment in the harvest of whatever of whatever during the whole life has been relevant to the archetypal purpose and destiny of the soul. One of the myriad of the aspects of the divine creative world, which began the cycle. So there is this, oh, again, going back to like giving it to God or like being able to have faith and trust this next cycle. And so this next six years that we're going to be experiencing this part of um, the Neptune transit is really asking us, okay, like if we truly believe um, in a higher power, if we truly believe to even, we don't even have to take it there. If we truly believe that the things that we do matter, um, if we truly believe that there is purpose in what we do and in the way that our life is meant to unfold, how much are we willing to let go emotionally to allow space for that whereas the Taurus sun is asking us how much we're really and in its connection to Uranus is saying how much are we allow, willing to see fall apart materially so it is a really kind of intense moment in which you may kind of feel like you're purging a lot emotionally but there's also this greater like purging of material things outside of you um, as well and so being able to kind of balance and navigate those two worlds. And so these things kind of may spiral and it, it is only natural for me at least to see that people feel really um, tense, upset, or really frustrating, domineering, or impulsive 
in terms of what they're doing and the ways that they're hunkering down and in the way that they're being stubborn and uncompromising is because so much is happening for all of us emotionally um, and physically, you know, like we literally can't go anywhere right now. And that's clearly driving some people insane (laughs) because there's a lot that's happening emotionally. And, you know, when there isn't the room or there hasn't been the ability to analyze what's happening for us emotionally, Um, especially collectively when we think about our relationship to what we feel we are ashamed of having feelings we are ashamed of having to do anything outside of just our regular physical functions eat eat sleep fuck work right which is very Torian and so it's like being able to in a moment in which all of that is kind of falling and falling apart and being disrupted in so many ways. I know that a lot of people are finding like, okay, well, this means it's time to turn in um, and think about security, not just in terms of the physical world, but how the inner world is impacting that as well. And so a part of that, especially as the, the sun gets closer to Neptune is going to say, well, are you willing to explore the the way that the lines between what's happening for you physically and and emotionally um, on an individual and collective level are really blurred because we're just so much more than our physical body and so much more than our physical experience right so again um, this is a season where if you people are not equipped to operate and work through things emotionally and don't have the the vocabulary, the the people, the resources, the whatever to understand, or even if their ears are closed and they don't want to hear it, it's going to be very difficult to to navigate because there will be so many opportunities to pick against yourself, especially when we have the sun square Saturn, um, which has been over the last couple of days and is you know, loosening um, over this coming week. There is just this like, well, like I want this is my job. This is what I I am obligated to my family. I have to make this much money. I have to this, I have to that. I can't think about the future right now. You know, I'm thinking about right now and I need to feel safe right now. And so that's a very valid um, place that a lot of people may be in right now. And it's being able to see the way that you're able to navigate that in a way that's not harmful to yourself or harmful to other people. And then on the 25th, oh, the 25th, the 24th and the 25th, watch your mouth. Please watch your mouth. And so I say this because Mercury is going to be square Jupiter and it's also going to be square Pluto. And Pluto is going to go retrograde. (laughs) So everything that we've been experiencing the last couple of months, we're about to have a nice little rewind through all of that shit um, over the next couple of months. We need to remember that Pluto is in the Virgo Deacon. So it's all about fixing. Um, We're learning what we should fix. And so there is lots of stop start and there will be an opportunity, especially with Mercury and Aries. People get angry. People want smoke when Mercury is in Aries. People are willing to give you the smoke, right? And so there is this speaking from that I place. And so it is very centered around what one wants for oneself that uh, people are speaking from when Mercury is in Aries. So being able to kind of realize that for yourself, there may be instances in which you say things that you cannot take back because Mercury is in Jupiter and it can be very easy to overpromise or say something rude or be a bit um, 
I don't know why I want to say perverse um, or just even selfish or careless with the way that we speak to one another. Um, it's definitely a day in which thoughts and and even if it's not that you're speaking to other people but like the thoughts and ideas and the things that you're seeing especially on social media may just seem very harsh um can seem a bit mean-spirited or a little bit like or dogmatic um you may find that in your own mind you have a lot of harsh triggering um or obsessive thoughts um, and so it's definitely a, we, a a couple of days where you have to be really gentle with yourself, especially since so much is happening outside of us. It can be very easy for this week to become one that be, that is very like self-depreciating um, in a way that's a, like very like harmful to one's like self-esteem. So you have to remember that this is about tourist season is about that as well that is also one of our value systems of how we treat ourselves so what also is going to become very apparent over the next couple of over this season is how we truly feel about ourselves and the version of our identity that we're finding security in right so like it's what are the values that govern the way that we treat ourselves and ultimately begin to treat other people or we feel like other people are or are not deserving of and that's why that a gentleness is going to be very important this day pluto is going to go retrograde at 24 degrees and 49 minutes um in the sign of capricorn to look at the chandra symbol for that which is 25 degrees and I've already read this one, but we're going to read it again. That's too damn bad. Sorry. Have you watched Holes? Has anyone watched Holes? That scene is really, really funny to me. Um, so a store filled with precious oriental rugs. Yep, I remember this one. The use of cultural and artistic processes as means to enhance personal comfort and appreciation. Cornering after the preceding symbol, this one brings us back to the material yet aesthetic aspect of the benefits of society. A society can bring its members. A rug always implied to some extent something on which a person stands or sits. It is a foundation for cultural understanding and as such, it can have a magical or sacred meaning, as in the case of prayer rugs. Uh, the woman, woman in a covenant probably knows only the bare floor because her goal is one of transcendence, of surrendering comfort as well as cultural patterns. To the, but to the social elite or even the Oriental devotee praying to his God, society offers the relative comfort of beautiful rugs so he may meet the universe, not merely in terms of the support, uh, terms of the support the natural soil gives, but protected by and securely established on the mental, spiritual, as well as manual achievements of those who keep the cultural symbols alive. This is the last symbol of this sequence. It shows the beautiful 
products of dedicated and inspired group performance at the level of tradition. It emphasizes the value of reliance on tradition. So this is where we have to break free of or uncover the actual meaning of some of the cultural traditions that exist within power structures, our our individual relationship to power, um, as well as our collective relationship to power. And so I definitely would say, honestly, over the next couple of months, people and their beliefs and how they shift and change will really, really surprise you. And what we feel like in this moment, we have to stand firm in, even some of the ideas that we find to be um on the right side of things or the direction that we're supposed to move to be on the right side of history. A lot of that, especially I think American values and and ways that we are all across groups, right? Um, Things that kind of center divisiveness and push certain people and entities into being the spokesperson of like power and authority having to kind of realize how we must decentralize um our relationship to power and how much of it we have individually and how much of it we're willing to give to other people and a part of that is even realizing that we have our own personal power pluto has its really big relationship to manipulation and being gaslit so there is a lot of ways in which you're going to realize over the time that Pluto is retrograde, that you have to kind of go back and and fix and rewire um, some of your thoughts and beliefs that you had about your own personal power and realizing how you've been manipulated out of your power and are giving it to other people, right? Um, I pulled a card for this week um, before I started um, recording and I pulled the emperor and as y'all know it is an emperor year and so I thought it was very interesting in terms of the what we just were talking about in relation to like our personal authority and our personal power and so there is lots of things related to what we've been taught by our family and ways that we like you know like what I was just saying at the beginning about like post-traumatic slave disorder. And so even being able to find what traditions within specific groups that you're a part of have been existing because they maintain a sense of safety um, and an ability to survive in a system that is harming them. But in what ways has that kind of robbed them of their power? So I was talking to um, my best friend the other day about wanting to be honest with my boss who like I you know I kind of trust um and I'll I'll get on in on that um about like what my actual goals are because like I can see that she's trying to groom me into potentially being like a mini her and I'm just like I I have goals that are not centered around like this company right this is very vulnerable and odd to say here, but I'm saying it. Um, and, you know, my best friend, Nora, she's white. Um, she's like, you should just be honest 
you know, with your employer about like what your goals are. Like you don't have to be like, I don't want to fucking be here, but you can be like these, this is the particular direction that I want to go into. And I told her, I was like, I don't really feel like I can do that. Um, and she's like, well, why is that? I'm like, well, you know, lots of black people, black women in particular, or just men don't necessarily feel the need or like they can trust their employer to share that information because they're within our traditions and within what we've seen is if we show that we have goals of reaching a certain place or going into a particular direction, we put our security and stability in danger. I could get fired for telling the truth about where it is that I want to go. And this is something that I've heard from my own parents where they're like, don't trust your bot, like just do your job. Like you can't you know, trust your manager or whoever, they're going to be sneaky, you cannot trust them, blah, 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 like, you know, just kind of keep your head down and, and do your job and do what they're asking you to do. And that's not an empowered way to navigate work. It's just not. Even if that's something that we've done for the sake of feeling safe and maintaining um, security in work, that's not an empowered approach right? But it is one that we needed to survive, right? And so it's like for myself, you know, I even remember like looking for a job after like I had went natural and my dad saying like, maybe you should like pull your hair back or like do something else to your hair um, so that you can get a job, right? Um, And so like even different things like that. And, you know, I've taken the approach where I'm like, if somebody wants me to change certain parts of myself to be able to work somewhere, I'm not, I don't think that that's a place where I should work. And so I think it's really important when when I'm saying this, and while it does seem very small, these are the ways that these structures show up in our lives. And these are the small things that the universe nudges us to do and work through when it comes to how we may feel about our sexuality, how we feel about our gender and what we do or do not have to do, what we do or do not post on our social media because our family can see or, you know, what how we feel about um mental illness or how we feel about you know the list goes on and on and so Pluto retrograde makes you realize like there's this particular understanding of like I need to stand in line and disempower myself in this particular way so that I can live and exist and because we're moving into a place where we're moving past that and we're being we're asking our society to move past and unlearn these things we have to be able to you know, it's decolonization, it's unlearning, do these things on a micro level, an individual level to be able to get there collectively. Then on the 26th, the sun is finally going to be conjunct Uranus. It is an energy of the rebel without a cause. It is very anarchist. It is very revolutionary. It is very, um, hero of liberation it also is someone who just does things that are dangerous or contrarian just for the sake of doing them so it's definitely a day in which i would say watch what's happening collectively um if there is a day in which people are going to get really aggro and get really um out of hand 
if they haven't been out of hand or ridiculous anymore than they already have. It definitely is a day in which rash um, decisions and choices will kind of come to light. And it will also be a day in which we'll see the effect of some of the things that we're talking about today <clears throat> for the new moon in relation to like how wild and off the chain people will be for no fucking reason um will surface and kind of come up mercury is then going to enter taurus on the 27th um why is my nose clogged oh my gosh way too much cheese so i am very mucusy you did not need to know that anyway Mercury enters uh, Taurus on that day. So the tone, thank God, will change, but definitely people will be a lot more stubborn in, in a different way. Um, it definitely makes communication a little bit slow. Um, uh, at that time, Venus and Mercury will be in mutual reception. So these two, which means that Venus is typically ruled by Taurus, Gemini is typically ruled by Mercury. And so those two planets are occupying the each of each other's signs, if that makes sense. Now, because there isn't an aspect between these two planets, because um, they do not aspect one another, they're in aversion to one another, there will be this is again about values alignment where you will see how you will naturally speak to your values and you will naturally seek partnerships both romantic and otherwise with people based on that set of values that are ingrained into your ideas and thoughts and beliefs and there may not be a desire to kind of shift and change those but what you'll see is if you don't like the type of people that are coming to you, there needs to be something that you have to say or do to reaffirm or discredit or abandon um, your value system. And it, this is all shadow Mercury, uh, Venus retrograde shadow period shit, right? So it will become a lot more obvious once Venus retrograde comes around where you fucked up so yeah let's see am i missing anything i don't think so lastly oh i didn't read the chandra symbol for the new moon Oy okay so april 30th we're gonna have our first quarter moon Let's recap about what the first quarter moon is. This is my favorite of the quarter moons because it's not as much of a mind fuck as the last quarter moon. Changes being made in the environment in order to break out of past conditioning, tearing down st old structures and moving out to build new ones changes being made in the environment in order to break out of past conditioning tearing down old structures and moving out to build new ones 
when the sun is in Taurus and the moon is in Leo, there is an overwhelming desire for us to have our cake and eat it too. Which means that we don't want to compromise. We don't want to have to shift or change, sacrifice anything about ourselves um, for other, especially for other people. You know, Taurus and Leo are both very like personal <laughs> signs, right? Where we can look at like maybe even Virgo and beyond as like we do this for other people everyone before that is like I do this for myself you're welcome right um and so (laughs) this day is interesting so we'll have Saturn so during the beginning of the day we will oops sorry I'm on planet watcher at the beginning of the day we will have the moon opposite Saturn, which is going to be really fun, right? Um, And that will be a time in which it's like, no. I don't know if you've seen like the, the, the clip of Wendy Williams where they're like, you know, you're not doing it to be mean. And she thinks about it and she's like, no, it's that. No, I don't want to change. Like, actually, no, I do deserve this type of attention or recognition um, or this type of affirmation or I do deserve to show up in this particular way because that's what feels good to me. Saturn and Aquarius says, "Okay, well, like, what about people and like, what about what we need to build? And the moon in Leo is like, well, I don't give a fuck about that right or it could even be to the point where it can be opposite where this you know saturn and aquarius aquarius when the archetype is misused it forgets that people are important and it values um ideas or particular people over the whole and so it could even be a place in which you're like well i feel like me showing up in this particular way is not enough it doesn't get me enough money It doesn't allow me to have the job or go into the direction that I would like to go into. I feel like this certain part of myself is limiting in terms of what is possible for me, right? And so Sun in Taurus is like, I'm worried about the present and like securing the present. And like, I'm trying to show up for myself right now to survive and exist in the present. It's also what the Leo moon is saying while sun or I'm sorry, Saturn in Aquarius is like, well, we have to go in this direction and we have to do this. So it is a bit of a, an odds in terms of like what is worth building and stabilizing. What I think is very abundantly clear from what I've just shared with you all is like the stubbornness of all of those signs none of them want to budge and so it is very hard in a fixed season to change and make decisions that are not centered around what we need in this moment but what we need in the future
right? Especially when we're, again, thinking about things like how much money we have, what type of resources, what risks that we can and cannot take while Saturn and Aquarius is going to take a lot more risks. There are more calculated risks, things that are tried and true. Um, well, Taurus isn't taking any fucking risks, right? But like there are things that are tried and true in terms of ways of being and expressing oneself that the moon in Leo is willing to do um, to a certain extent. And so it definitely is a time in which you'll feel a lot of pressures of your current reality and the current foundation and value systems that exist within your life and being able to choose to shift and and change yourself in a way that's in able to propel you towards what it is that you really want or what you're really seeking. It's also important to note that there is a square between um, the moon and Uranus. So this is also another part of the lunation cycle in which this, you know, it, it, it can be that you feel a lot of really intense, short shifts and changes. There could be emotional breakdowns, emotional breakthroughs, um, a lot of anxiety, nervousness, you know, Uranus is electricity. So there could just be like an overall just like brain malfunction. Again, lots of like anxiety and jitteriness that you may kind of feel, especially when it comes to making decisions about or feeling at odds about what's happening outside of you or what's happening as you're trying to secure resources ultimately this is what this entire season is about whether it's the people that you know the whatever it may be that will allow you to create and sustain um a current existence for yourself but a future existence for yourself as well to look into the symbols and then we gonna go i feel like this podcast is a long oh my gosh I wonder how this sounds. I'm going to listen. It probably sounds so nice. The previous, um, I accidentally forgot to change the locate, the source of the sound. So the sound was coming through like the speaker in my laptop. And that was very obvious. And it was very funny to me after I listened. Whee. Okay. Taurus, 11 degrees. A woman watering flowers in her garden. Development of the powers of the mind on which ego consciousness is based. The psychomental nature of human being takes form out of the fulfillment and transcendence of biological functions and drives, much as the bud appears as the sap rises and bursts forth into bloom. As the roots, so the flowers is an old axiom. The consciousness attaches itself to this wondrous efflorescence. It lavishes its attention upon it. It's love. Alas, usually a possessive kind of love. This is my garden. Ha ha ha. Thus the ego develops. This is funny. It comes full circle. It may develop into a negative, resentful way if belated frost destroys the buds. This is the first stage of the ninth sequence of phases, a sequence that basically refers to the overall situation related to the development of the ego. 
the key word here is cultivation. And so again, there is this like me, my, these are my things. Where are my things? Where is room for my things in the future? Like I'm doing what I can to make sure I have my things, um, my garden, my harvest, what I'm trying to cultivate, right? And so being able to kind of check where in your life you feel really called to defend your things. It's all about objects in this season, the things that we own, right? Your peace of mind, your this, your that. And while those things are important, it's it's being able to see for yourself where you are taking or losing something because you are really trying to maintain a sense of security that isn't even really there anymore. And that's what Uranus and Taurus is here to teach us, that everything that we actually see as security is not security because it can be taken away at any time. These things are not really ours. And that's going to suck for a lot of people to have to realize. But I feel like lots of us have already realized that. 11 degrees, Leo. Children play on a swing hanging from the branches of a huge oak tree. The power of tradition as it shelters the beginnings of individual self-expression. The tradition of mankind has been symbolized by a vast tree. Every spiritual teacher, being one of its many branches, issuing from the one trunk of the primordial revelation. As a man begins his spiritual journey, he is like a child in the state of excitement, playing the rhythmic up and down moods. He plays the words and concepts which hang from the branches of the tradition, and often the whole quest is mainly a game for him. Yet he is securely held by the tree, protected by its foliage from too great and burning a light. This begins the 27th five-fold sequence of symbols. It deals essentially with the release of emotional intensity at various levels of the individualized consciousness as it reacts to the newly developed potentialities of the mind. We are dealing with this first stage of the spontaneous, spontaneous activity of the innocent mind. So there is a lot of like really big to me every time the moon is in Leo um, or any planet is in Leo for that matter. Um, a lot of inner child work uh, that we're being asked to to do, as especially as we're trying to defend the I and our ideas of security, is going to really be centered around themes and things that we see within our family traditions that reiterate or have been used to protect us from, or in some cases to um, fortify um, traditions and circumstances that don't align with this particular direction that we're going into. And it's being able to have the curiosity of a child to be willing to explore other possibilities of security, of stability, seeking it in a way that is you know, the thing about security and stability and the thing that I think fixed signs have to learn is that nothing is forever, right? Everything needs renovations, but it is a constant choice, constant desire to choose 
stability and security as things and circumstances around us change that change what those words mean to us and so because those words and what they mean to us change and shift we have to be willing to upgrade our value system to reflect that and I don't think the time to do that is right now but the time to think about it definitely is right now and so as there's a well I want to feel this way in this one particular way that I can see myself being able to feel this way it's being able to see into well there's a number of ways for that reality to be possible are you willing to seek and feel into other ways of feeling safe um, and secure that go beyond what the inner child especially the wounded inner child is asking for to protect its sense of identity who intense okay we done thank you so much for listening i will be having a north node in gemini workshop on may hold on i don't even remember what day 9th may 9th i'll be having one so if you're interested in it, I haven't like posted a link or a graphic or anything related to it yet. Just DM me. Um, for those who attended the workshop in April, I my computer is very slow. So I'm still trying to figure out how to send you all the recording of the um, of the video. Um, so I'll try to get to that to you as soon as possible. I'll likely try to like maybe like just put it on YouTube that I, so that it's there and y'all can look at it that way. Um, if you're interested in receiving that, just DM me, message me. Like it's whatever. All of my workshops are donation based at this time. That may change in the future. That's all I have for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoy this direction we're going in. It's the same direction. It's just under a different name. Like who cares if Imani is talking about astrology? Like that part doesn't matter. It's uh, the other things that matter, right? Cool. Okay. I will talk to you all next week.